Welcome to The Wrap, a weekly podcast covering women's sports news. Bez, what have we got around the grounds this week? The WNBL is back. First ever 24-7 women's sport channel launches in the US and Maddie De Rosario finishes third in the wheelchair event at the New York Marathon. For our key story, we'll discuss the controversy around the statues erected at the WACA in Perth. My name is Chloe Dalton. I'm an Olympic gold medalist in Rugby Sevens and I play AFLW for the GWS Giants. Every week on the show, I'm joined by my co-host Bez, who runs all things operations at the Female Athlete Project. Bez, how are you today? I'm pretty good, friend. How are you? I'm a bit croaky. bit croaky. The end of season situation has continued into the weekend just gone. Well, you've got to celebrate hard when you finish. You absolutely do. Is there, is there, is there a cider in that? No, it's Rehydration Monday today oh, good. with the waters. Good to know. This podcast drops every Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. and also comes in newsletter format. If you want to check it out with your morning coffee, the link is in the show notes to subscribe. Hey, also wanted to say thanks to the people who have listened and given us a bit of a review. I've seen the numbers have gone up for our ratings. We're almost on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. We've almost got 100 reviews each. So if you, could, if you guys could just tip us over, if you haven't given us a review before, we'd really appreciate it if you do. Like Bez said, it's a cool way for... If you listen and, and you're a fan of the content that we um, we put out each week, we'd really appreciate you jumping on and doing that. And it helps other people like you find us. Exactly right. It's all about community. And who wouldn't want to share us? A few people. <laughs> Let's take a look around the grounds. In basketball, the WNBL returned last week and for those that were excited to see our best basketballers on telly, there was unfortunately some fairly ordinary coverage served up. Mm. Fans who tuned in were treated to a number of issues, including incorrect scores and timing issues with the clock, pretty ordinary camera operation. Apparently the second camera was just pointed at the ground often and things like this. Uh, the colour saturation issues made Perth look like they were in bright pink. But my group chat was so confused. <laughs> Why are they in pink? Why are they in pink? Uh, numerous dropouts of the broadcast and ads running while the game was being played. The WNBL addressed concerns on their Twitter account saying, we apologise to our fans, clubs and players for technical difficulties experienced during the broadcast of our first WNBL game last night. Our production partner, Jam TV, have acknowledged that what was provided by their technical supplier was not acceptable and have sought and received assurances that it will be rectified. I believe it got a little better over mm. the weekend, but not a whole heap. Still some improvements that need to be made. The action on the court was not subpar, however, and LJ continued the GOAT comeback tour. Can Amazing. We, we need to make some merch. We need it. Goats would struggle to shoot a basketball. <laughs> Is well, that what they have? Why do I? It's like no. a crab. It's more hoovy like this, would we say? Yeah. Well, there's just no fingers, right? So LJ is back. Solid performance for the Southside Flyers. They won 99-91 to 91 over the Adelaide Lightning. Kayla Thornton was named player of the game, leading the scoring with 21 points, shooting 61.5% from the field and also added eight rebounds. Also, shout out to my mate Loz Nicholson for the Townsville Fire. Carved player it up, the Loz. 35 points. What Saw a boss. That. How good. Put her in the eyeballs. In sports broadcasting news, we're going to call it, the first ever network to focus on female athletes, the Women's Sport Network, launched last week in the USA, offering 24-7 streaming of original programming, competitions, documentaries, and a daily studio show called Game On. 
Fast Studios, the developers of the channel, are led by ad executive CEO Stuart McLean. McLean said in a press release, as we have seen repeatedly, women's sports don't get the coverage they deserve. We have an opportunity to leverage the new fast landscape to become a part of the solution. At the Women's Sports Network, women's sports are prime time all the time. I love that. Love it. That's cool. Another T-shirt. Prime time all the time. We've been listening to athletes, fans, and our incredible league partners, and we know there is a tremendous need for a network that is committed to women's sports coverage, storytelling, and content. It has partnerships with the WNBA, Women's Football Alliance, Ladies Professional Golf Association, US Ski and Snowboard, Sports Innovation Lab, and the World Surf League, among many others, which is great because those partnerships are hopefully going to allow broadcast of live sporting events. Angela Ruggiero is the CEO and co-founder of Sports Innovation Lab and is a four-time ice hockey Olympian. She also sits on the board of advisors for the new network and noted there's a pent-up demand for women's sports, but women's sports typically go underinvested, undersupported, underviewed because the ecosystem underneath it hasn't really been built. Oh, I love these quotes. They just fill me. They fill me up. Every men's league has had decades of a jump start on the traditional women's leagues. These women's sports properties are still fairly early in their life cycle and anything early in its life cycle requires more investment to build the brand, to build awareness, to build the audience, to build the platform. And it's on the business side, not just the performance side. Oh, Angela, what a legend. I knew you'd froth you over that. You were just watching me. Oh, I saw yes. you just watching me. I was reading the article last night and I was like, this is a bit of a long quote. You know, we don't, I don't love just reading out quotes verbatim, but I couldn't leave any of it out. It, none of it. None of it needs to be cut. That episode's done. We're done. Great. Thanks See you for later. listening. <laughs> We've solved women's sport. Invest. Back to the pod. A recent study conducted by the National Research Group and Amperi Analysis recorded that 39% of Gen Zers are watching more women's sport than they were a year ago, along with 29% of millennials. But the study did find that, hun- that their hurdles remain high. 79% of US sports fans still claim to not actively follow women's sports. Meanwhile, 74% of fans cannot name a single corporate sponsor of any women's league. Mm. Again, this is just because it's not out there. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a choice thing. Traditional networks have put little effort into promoting women's sports with the study finding that US broadcast networks spent 0.2%, 0.2% of media rights budgets on women's only sporting events. You want to read that again? 0.2%, not even 2%. Nope, 0.2%. That's like that number's tiny. And they wonder why the numbers are like that. Mm-hmm. The new network will be looking to fill some of that gap in the marketplace and WNBA champion and reigning MVP Asia Wilson said, the launch of the Women's Sports Network is a huge and long-awaited win for female athletes and fans of women's sports. The numbers don't lie. We know that fans want to see more women's sport and the Women's Sports Network creates a unique platform for our fans to connect with the sports they love in ways that haven't been available to us as female athletes. We had a chat to her, Asia Wilson, at the Basketball She's World She's our Cup. pal. I never uploaded the video. I should no, do you that. Didn't. It's you on should. the to-do list. It's, it'll get Everything's there one Everything's on the to-do list. It's a highlight. In Marathon, the Women's Health Athlete of the Year, Madison D. Rosario, has finished third in the New York City Marathon on Monday morning. She finished three minutes behind American Susanna Scaroni, who won gold in the T-54 5,000 metres in Tokyo. It was a huge effort to secure another podium finish after taking home the win last year. And the American, um, Susanna, actually broke the New York marathon record. 
So good. So good. They're such impressive athletes. Mm -hmm. In AFLW, week one of the finals did not disappoint. On Friday night, the Melbourne Demons were impressive in their 21-point win over the Adelaide Crows. The grand final rematch from last season started in similar fashion, with the Crows jumping out to an early lead. There was a little bit of history made when Danielle Ponta kicked a goal in the first 19 seconds, the fastest goal ever in AFLW. The Demons were able to refocus and work their way back into the contest, keeping the Crows scoreless in the second quarter. Sarah Lampard kicked two goals and Taylor Harris was excellent in the ruck all night. It's been a new role for her this season. Yeah, I was watching the game, really impressed with Taylor's work in the ruck. I think it very much suits her athletic capabilities. And she's also not afraid of a contest. Exactly Like that right. combative kind of, mm-hmm. I'm going to jump into you and deal with it. It suits her playing style. Love it. Well done, Tay. The 7-6-48 to 4-goal-3-27 result secures the Demons' place in the prelim final and a week off, while Adelaide will host Collingwood at Unley Oval on Saturday. I reckon the Ds would have been pretty stoked to get a bit of revenge in that one. It was tight until the end. Mm-hmm. A great, a great game of footy. Yeah. Saturday's early game between the Brisbane Lions and the Richmond Tigers was probably a tighter match than the scoreboard ended up showing. Mm-hmm. The Lions had a huge second quarter, which proved the difference in the end. The final score was five goals, nine thirty-nine to three goals, four twenty-two to the Lions, who once again showed they're just elite at bringing pressure around the ball. Yes. Katie Brennan was impressive for the Tigers, kicking all three of Richmond's goals despite limited supply. The Lions will enjoy the week off and the Tigers will face North Melbourne at the Swinburne Centre, a.k.a. Punt Road on Chat Saturday. to us about this. You're a bit mad about it. Ren, rightfully so. I don't understand. Mm. I just don't understand. So there's already plenty of chat around that choice of venue. Punt Road currently has a limited capacity of 2,000 people. North Melbourne and the Tigers played just last week in the final game of the regular season at Arden Street, the Kangas home ground, and there were 3,147 people there for a non-finals match. Mm. So you're talking about 1,100 people already missing out. It just doesn't make sense that the semifinal between those two teams would be played at that venue. There's going to be higher demand for a semi-final between those teams and it's a great commercial opportunity for finals footy. And then, interestingly, there is also a scheduling issue for the AFLW on Saturday with the Matildas playing Sweden at Amy Park, that same Arvo. The AFLW bounces 140 and with the Matildas kicking off at 245, it seems like the sporting capital of the Galaxy may have missed an opportunity here. We can we talk about that? We got Sydney got so slammed. Yeah, and what I've realised is that obviously your profile is way too Melbourne centric with this whole AFL thing, and we it, that's all it is. <laughs> she can't even admit admit defeat. No, it's just our followers who we love dearly, but they're obviously from Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> so healthy, um, so healthy. But honestly, we had a quick chat before recording, and it is, you know. It's also strange that both semifinals this weekend are afternoon kickoffs, so mm-hmm. no one in prime time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't understand the reasoning that AFLW have come up with here that you'd kick that, you'd bounce off at 140. Matildas are kicking off at 245. Like for me, kick the tin, you know, hire out um, Eddie had, 530 bounce off. I keep saying bounce off just to annoy you. 530 bounce, right? Anyone with a Matildas ticket, you get him free. Yeah, Make I, it a sporting afternoon. I really like the idea of a women's sport fest where it's not just multiple games of the same sport in a row. I think you've got to have tickets to multiple different events. Pub crawly away from Amy Park to Etihad. Perfect. We're, we would have bought, I would have flown down for it. Once again, we've solved women's sport on this week's episode. <laughs> um, back to 
footy. The second match on Saturday between North Melbourne and Geelong was a battle. The Cats were dominant everywhere except for on the scoreboard and and Shelley Scott had a chance with 90 seconds on the clock to get the win. It was a difficult set shot that she missed, bringing a very sad end to the season for Geelong. I I really was hoping they were going to get up in that match. The pressure around the contest meant it was a pretty scrappy affair, but an enthralling game that the Kangas won two goals for 16 to one goal eight 14. And the last match of the weekend, the Collingwood Magpies withstood a desperate Western Bulldogs rally, holding on to get the win by five points. The sold-up sign went up at Victoria Park the morning of the match and the Magpies started fast in front of their home fans. They went into the halftime break 15 points up and looking dominant and the Bulldogs were not about to lie down and threw everything at Collingwood in the final quarter, kicking two goals in the final seven minutes, but ultimately it wasn't enough and the Pies were not made to regret their wayward kicking in the five-goal 10-40 to five-goal 5-35. I'm going to say Collingwood have scored have scraped by a few wins and their inaccuracy has almost cost them. I think it's probably going to come back to bite them pretty soon come finals time against a strong opposition. Sorry, Collingwood. 19-year-old pies forward Eliza James had the game of her life, draining four goals. In the process, she became the first AFLW player to kick four snags in a final. Good on her. Good on her. Well, yeah. In rugby union, obviously there's no Australian team left in this World Cup, sadly, but it's half my podcast and I love rugby. And it was two amazing would, – wow. would we say half? Well, to be honest, it's probably more than half because you contribute more research. <laughs> I just rock up and talk. This is a good point. Mm. Um, it was just two amazing games of rugby union. If you've got Stan Sport, do yourself a favour, watch these games of rugby. They're um, exceptional quality, aren't they? Just really good quality. Yeah. I was at the gym this morning telling all the boys to watch it. They're going to put it on in the middle of the day. Right. Right. Anyway, semifinals – Played on the weekend and, as I said, two really good games of rugby union. The first match, the world number one English team earned their place in the final with a 26-19 win over Canada, which stretched its world record winning streak to 30 tests. Canada had a huge opportunity in the 50th minute to go ahead. They were just hammering the Poms line. England not only held on, they secured a turnover, passed it back into their in goal and ran 110 metres to score a try. Abby Dow scored in the corner and that length of the field try took the score out to 23-12. And the Canadians, look, they kept fighting, but that really was a huge momentum swing. Um, you know, they, if Canada had a score at that point, they would have gone in front. So big, big effort from Canada um, who, you know, again, it's not I the first. I can't really believe this one. It's not the first time that this has been brought up at this, at this Rugby World Cup. So they, Sophie de Goody, great name their number eight captain, said after the game, so obviously they had to resort to a GoFundMe to get their Canada. They, they got some funding from Canadian rugby but mm. wasn't enough, so they, go, they funded themselves. Wow. Um, so Sophie Goody said, DeGoody said after the game, just think what we could do with more games and more resources. Again, a pretty familiar lament. Mm-hmm. The Black Ferns sealed a dream home World Cup final appearance with Another exciting comeback against France. They were down 17-10 at halftime, but second-half tries to Ruby Tui and Teresa Fitzpatrick helped New Zealand to a 25-24 win. France scored late to get within one point with 14 minutes to play, and French fly-half Carolina Druin had a chance to win the game with only seconds on the clock when they were awarded a penalty about 30 metres out. It was pretty much in front-ish, maybe just to the just, right. Just outside. Oh, I feel sad. She yeah. hooked it. She did hook it, yeah. but... 
What I do love and what was what the French captain said in the post-game press conference is that a kick shouldn't win you the game. You should have already – if you deserve to win the game, you should have won it before having the pressure on the kicker. 100%. But it still does come down to them and that's sad, but it's just the way it is. Oh, Those, both, both all four post-match or all post-match interviews, so emotional. Emotional. I actually got teary watching them because New Zealand captain, well, the coach as well, yep. French captain – talked about not just the game it it wasn't really that much about the game it was about the crowds that were there supporting women and women's rugby and I just had this moment of watching them and I felt emotional because I just thought these women may have grown up wanting to represent their country have probably been told you don't have the opportunity to do that or no one wants to watch you it's not worth supporting so for them to play such high quality rugby in front of tens of thousands of fans who've shown up every single week of this world cup it must feel amazing. It is amazing. And I think regardless of what happens next weekend, it has been a huge success. Mm-hmm. I reckon they'll start out Eden Park. They, I really hope they, they will. will. They will. They will. 31st. In Rugby League, the Gillaroos posted a convincing first up win over the Cook Islands 74-0. Fullback Sam Bremner was untouchable, scoring four tries and making metres at will in the wet conditions. She was named player of the match and it was an exceptional return to the Gillaroos after she missed the 2017 World Cup through injury. After the match, Bremner spoke about how seeing her being described in the papers as former Gillaroo Sam Bremner stung. She missed the 2021 NRLW season after having her second child and when asked about her comeback after the game said, I would just think I'm having a baby. I haven't quit. I'll let you know when I've retired. I knew I could do two things about it. Instead of whinging, I could either work my butt off to get back in a position where people wouldn't call me a former Gillaroo anymore, or I could accept the fact that I was a former Gillaroo on other people's terms and just get over it. I chose to fight my way back into these colours and I'm happy that I did. Another exceptional quote. You've done a great job this week. I th- you said you're a bit dusty, but I think this, you've done really well, Bess. Look, all I'm doing is sharing the stories of exceptional female athletes. That's what we're here for. And administrators and rich people that own women's sports networks. Great, we love that. Richer than us. I don't know how rich they are. Definitely richer than us. I'd say so. The Aussies' second pool match against France was played early on Monday morning. It was another huge win for the Gillaroos with Jess Surges grabbing four tries in the 92-0 thrashing. It was the Gillaroos' biggest win in their history, eclipsing the 88-0 victory over Canada at the 2017 World Cup. There's been some questions raised over the 80-minute games being played at the World Cup given outside of Australia, New Zealand and England Rugby league is still very much a developing sport. The duration of NRLW matches has gradually risen over the years and right now it's at 70 minutes, up from 60 minutes last season. And the UK Super League matches run for the full 80, but many women's competition of the rest of the world can run for 60 minutes or less. There have been a number of studies that show the number of injuries increase sharply in the final minutes of each half, when fatigue is at its highest and for these developing league nations, those additional 10 minutes on each half must feel like a very long 10 minutes. Um, it's an interesting discussion, match lengths and whether they should be the same length as the men's matches, given the men are professional full-time athletes and many of the women at the World Cup are true amateurs. I think that's the key for me. Yes, you know, we use the word equality a lot and yes, we want equality, but the reality is sometimes, you know, you you couldn't you wouldn't be able to compare the preparation between a men's and a women's team at this World Cup. So why are they playing the same amount of minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's this tricky one where people are like, well, you want equality? Here it is. And it's like I don't think 
it's just this copy and paste type format. And it's probably a great example of the stark difference in the top teams to the bottom teams. If they're having these 92 nil and what, 74 nil victories over teams, like there's something going on there where there's a big difference. It's, it's not NRLW competition where the teams have been professional, semi-professional for a couple of years now and it's good standard and, and the players are getting fitter over time. They're playing against girls, as, as you said, true amateurs. True amateurs. Yeah, I think the um, Cook Islands coach said that, you know, some of the girls literally met each other last week kind of thing. Yeah. True, true amateurs. In cricket, on Sunday, the Perth Scorchers hosted the Adelaide Strikers in the first match of the WBBL First Nations round. Sydney Thunder all-rounder Hannah Darlington and Camilla Roy Woman said the First Nations round was really special last year. As a proud Indigenous woman, it was really awesome to see the culture brought to life. I'm really hoping it continues on and gets even bigger. It has a role to play in education. Sport is a massive thing in Australia and using our platform not only as athletes but as sport in general is really awesome. It was the Adelaide Strikers who got the win in the match with Deandra Dotton smacking a 51-ball 68 to help the Strikers reel in their target of 120 with four overs to spare. The damage was done in the first innings, though, when Megan Shute put on a clinic, taking four for 20, which helped restrict the Scorchers to nine for 119. The victory took the Strikers to second on the ladder behind the Sydney Sixers, who were still in first with a superior run rate. Mm. The Sixers secured break bragging rights in the Sydney smash with a 15-run win over the Sydney Thunder last week. All-rounder Ash Gardner top-scored with 53 and took three for 22 in a pretty dominant performance. Alyssa Healy was looking for another big score and provided valuable support to Gardner, adding 22 runs before falling to Hannah Darlington. Let's take a look at the key story. More cricket news. The Western Australian Cricket Association, the WACA, is currently undergoing a $100 million ground redevelopment. As part of the changes, there are plans for three statues to be erected, recognising those from Western Australia who sparked significant change. Fast bowler Dennis Lilly was chosen for his impact on the game. A statue of a team of First Nations players from New Norcia were known as the Invincibles, and had a string of victories from 1879 through to 1883 when they beat almost every team they played. So amazing. The Invincibles. The third statue will be of female cricketer Zoe Goss. This is, I love this story. Goss played 12 tests and 65 one-day internationals for the Australian team between 1987 and 2000. She is probably most known, though, for her performance in a 1994 exhibition match between a Bradman 11 and World 11. In the match, she took two wickets, one of them being the wicket of one of the world's greatest batters, Brian Lara. That moment shone a light on women's cricket and signalled a massive change in the, tension, in the intention the game received. Goss recently said, it's interesting I still have a platform, I think. <laughs> I guess it shows the significance of that day. I, I remember seeing it, I watched it, and it was epic. She, the, the, the photos of her, they used to play in skirts. Anyway, we'll move yeah, on from that. The, the photo, it's her in a skirt, isn't it? Yeah. I've always, she, said, she went on to say, I've always been intrigued about how amazing that night was and how long it lasted because I honestly thought it was just my 15 minutes of fame and then I'd move on with my life. But here I am. Lara was really lovely. He didn't say much on the night, but I think he said in the press later that his sister used to get him out all the time, so he was used to it. I love that. On your Brian. Goss was humbled when contacted by Wacker boss Christina Matthews and told about the plans to immortalise her in statue form. She noted, I think it impacted women in sport overall and women in general. Everywhere I went, all ages of women just went, good on ya. 
It had a social impact, which at the time I wasn't aware of. As an organisation, this is a great opportunity for the WACA to engage in society in a richer way. The artworks acknowledge the past and make a really strong signal of who we want to be in the future. To finish the story off, I'm really mad about this part. Unfortunately, the decision has caused drama at the board level with former Test cricketers Graham Wood and Michael Valletta resigning from the WACA board after disagreeing with the plans for the statue of Goss. Wood was quoted in the Western in the West Australian as saying, right up front, I was vehemently against it. Wood and Valletta described the debate about who to honour was a distraction from the WACA's $100 million ground updates, upgrades. It, it was that distraction thing. Like it, it's always, you know, like casually misogynistic. Oh, look, it's just a distraction. Why are we worried about it? We've got bigger things to worry about. For a woman and a First Nations team to be celebrated – to it's be called a, a distraction. distraction. The level of disrespect is overwhelming. Horrible. It's, it's actually overwhelming. And I love what um, Zoe Goss said in response to it. She said, what I'd like to say to the men who are not comfortable with this, the statues in no way diminish anything that the amazing male players have done. It's simply a sharing of space of our stories. We can coexist. It's not one or the other. There's space for everyone. She summed that up so much better than I could have. I'm almost knocking over my mug. I'm angry. It's not a pie. It's not a pie. <laughs> it's not a pie. There's, there's enough a, to share. There's enough for everyone, guys. There's enough for everyone. <sighs> we need to move on because I'm mad. Let's take a look at what to watch. In Rugby Union, the World Cup final between England and New Zealand is on Saturday and it will be played in front of a huge sold-out Eden Park crowd. Get there if you're New Zealand. Kickoff is 5.30 p.m. AEDT and you can watch live on Stan Sport. Can I get a tip from you, please, Chloe? I'm calling England by a try. Mm. And you? New Zealand by three. Wow. Interesting. Well, it's going to be a battle of styles and Northern Hemisphere versus Southern Hemisphere. I would pick, I would pick Southern. But you didn't, so that's weird. <laughs> the AFLW semifinals are both on Saturday with Richmond facing North Melbourne at the Swinburne Centre, Pine Road Oval, at 1.40pm AEDT before Adelaide hosts Collingwood at Unley Oval immediately afterwards with that match to begin at 3.10pm local time, which is 3.40pm AEDT. You can watch live on Foxtel, the Seven Network, and live streamed on womensafl.com.au. Wednesday night WNBL this week will see the Southside Flies host the Melbourne Boomers. I can't wait to see the Flies LJ up against the Boomers Kayla George. It's going to be a great match. They were full, like, got tattoos together at the World Cup. Like, it's going to be great. Amazing. Uh, The game is at the State Basketball Centre in Melbourne. Tip-off is 6.30pm local time. It will be live and free on Nine Now and also on ESPN. Get around that Wednesday night broadcast because I really like that the WNBL have taken a big step and gone for those midweek games. And I think for you guys who want to do things to proactively support women in sport, putting this game on the TV is a great step in the right direction. And it is free on nine now. Yeah, we love that. In cricket, the WBBL fourth-placed Perth Scorchers host the third-placed Brisbane Heat on Wednesday. The match will be played at Lilac Hill in Perth and starts at 12 p.m. local time. It'll be live on Foxtel, KO and cricket.com.au. The Gillaroos will face their biggest test in the pool games when they play New Zealand on Friday morning, our time. The game kicks off at 6.30 a.m. AEDT and will be live on Foxtel and KO. And in football, the Matildas are home again for a couple of friendlies. Can for- we just 
No, no, I'm, I'm no. Sorry, I'm here for that. I'm, I'm here for football. No, I just I think the whole friendly term is weird. It is weird. I think it's got to be a test match. It's just not friendly. Yeah, it's strange. It's a game. It's a game. It's an international. An international. Great. We just renamed it for a couple of internationals. Continue. Great. First up is Sweden on Saturday at two forty-five p.m. Amy Park will be buzzing. Get your tickets and get there. If you aren't in Melbourne, you can watch live and free via Network 10 and 10 Play. And that's the wrap. That's the wrap. There's a lot to watch. There's plenty to watch. Yeah, get around it. Very exciting times. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week. In the meantime, check out our Instagram at The Female Athlete Project. Hey, we just hit 40,000 followers. Rad. How cool is that? That's really rad. To everyone who's got on board to support. And there might be a sneaky little, um, you better, if if you're not in and around the Insta, you better get there because there could be some really exciting merch on the horizon. Coming real soon. It's a little bit of a bit early. I've gone early here, but. I'll put the link in the show notes if you want to subscribe so you don't miss a merch shop. Don't miss a drop. See you next week. Ciao. Bye.